Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B-Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the first serve. It is uh, nice to be back after a two-week uh, hiatus with the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games. Great to be talking the world of tennis over the next hour. A young man who's trying to get back. His name is Andrew Harris. Had a tough run with injury. Displayed some great form back in about 2019. He's a Bombers fan. He'd be very, very happy with their win against the Bulldogs yesterday. He'll join us. And there's a new play coming out right around uh, uh, Melbourne and regional Victoria about the great John Newcomb. So we're going to talk to the director, Kieran Carroll, a little bit uh, later on. Happy to take uh, your calls, one 736 736 If you want to join the tennis conversation, you can put anything you like on the tennis agenda. You call, we'll put you on. that sound familiar? Yeah, I'll borrow Dwayne Russell's line from earlier today. The Tennis Direct text. You can get us on that tonight, 0433 Tennis Direct, great friends of ours here at the First Serve. They are Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. You can go to their website right now. You can shop while you listen, tennisdirect.com.au. Get that 10% discount. Use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. And you would have heard uh, at the start... It's great to welcome on board for the very first time our very good friends at B Solar who are with us for the next uh, 12 months. And along with B Solar, we're going to announce in the next few months a terrific initiative to find the next Australian tennis star. So stay tuned to that. We all worry about those rising electricity bills, but B Solar create custom solar plans to ensure you never face those outrageous bills ever again. So better solar, better batteries, better energy at B.Solar. We're going to get into our tour wrap tonight, all thanks to Yonex. Uh, celebrating 50 years of uh, performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at uh, yonex.com. Uh, and I was up uh, today, of course. I'll give you my view on the Tokyo Olympics uh, throughout the hour. But I- I've got back into the groove now. We're on the road to the US Open. Three weeks out from uh, New York. It's going to be a very different feel to the US Open of last year, which was behind closed doors. Well, I can tell you that electric New York crowd is going to be back in full swing. And just to feel the crowds out of the US, gee, it's such a different landscape all the way on the other side of the world. So I was watching the City Open uh, this week, which is a a, a huge ATP uh, 500 tournament. The young Italian. Now, John, where are you? 
John, who listens to this program, loves Yannick Sinner, the young Italian, 19 years of age, who won the City Open, the ATP 500 today in Washington. He beat Mackenzie McDonald. I'll tell you about Mackenzie McDonald in just a moment. But Yannick Sinner's a star. He's only 19, third career title. He's already at 15 in the world, this young Italian, redhead Italian up in the north. I know all about that. I've got a connection with Italy from the past. So they, uh, there's plenty of redheads in the north of Italy, let me tell you. Uh, Yannick Sinner is a star. The youngest ATP 500 champion since the category was created back in 2009. It was an epic final today, 7-5, We might hear from the two players. First of all, uh, Mackenzie McDonald and then Yannick Sinner at the presentation uh, ceremony. Patrick McEnroe, uh, the most, uh, well, the understated uh, brother of uh, John, very much in the shadow of uh, John, but also a very handy player uh, back in the day. He was doing the uh, comparing duties on court and had a chat to the two young men who played a great final. Wow, what a tournament. I just checked the rankings and you're up to... Uh a lot higher than you were coming in. You're up to 64. You were 107 coming in. So awesome job. You got down in the third. Looked like it was going to be a 6-2 set, couple of match points down. But as you've done all tournament, as we've seen, you dug in. How did you hang in there? Because I thought maybe you were getting a little bit tired. How'd you feel? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's been a long week, uh, had some tough matches, you know, no days off, but, you know, I just dug as deep as I could. Um, obviously, Yannick's a great young player, and he pushed me really hard today, and uh, I think I left it all out there, so I'm pretty happy with my performance. Well, I mentioned this last night, and I think it's worth mentioning it again because maybe some of these people weren't here. You played one of your heroes in Kei Nishikori. You won that, an amazing, another two-and-a-half-hour match. But we talked a little bit about your injury, coming back from that, and now to be back here in a final of a tournament this big. What is, how does that make you think about the road back? Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole journey coming back. I mean, you know, I'm so grateful I'm here and competing here at such a big and prestigious tournament in front of so many people. So, you know, I put in a lot of hard work. It, honestly, it's been a great week for me. I'm super, super happy with my performance. And, you know, I just want to keep going and keep climbing. And, uh, yeah, maybe win the title one day. How's it feel, your third career title? First one here in the good old, as you can see by the colors, USA. <laughs> yeah, first of all, uh, many congratulations. I mean, you are a very, very... <laughs> great player um, congratulations to be back in top 100 you really deserve it and obviously your team as well you know working hard uh, a lot of injuries so um, I hope you and I'm sure you're going to play very well here in US and obviously wishing you all the best for for the rest of the season Then I want to thank uh, everyone who helped uh, this tournament here. Um, I mean, it's an incredible tournament for me the first time being here. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, yeah. 
And obviously, thanks for thanks for coming out today. Um, as you said, you know it uh, it has been sold out basically every day. So um, you give us, you know, especially in uh, in tough times, uh, very very great emotions, uh, important emotions for what uh, players need. So thank you very much for coming out today. And lastly, my team, um, yeah, I think, you know, the work we are putting in, um, obviously, um, here's uh, Andrea and, uh, and Claudio. Claudio is my physio and Andrea is my coach. Um, for me, obviously, um, or hopefully, Ricardo watching, watching from home, um, the people who stay close to me, thank you very much uh, for every single moment. And, uh, you know, the funny story is that Claudio, my physio, came here 2014 when Milos Raonic won, so he has a uh, 100%. He's undefeated here in DC. He's here undefeated, <laughs> so I think he's, uh, he's lucky. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much, and I will, I will come back. Indeed, he'll come back. He'll be everywhere. This uh, young man is going to entertain us for the next decade plus. Uh, Yannick Sinner, the star. Young Italian winning the ATP 500 in Washington. A, a week where the Australians, uh, bar John Millman, who made the quarters, and he ran into a 20-year-old American who's rising thick and fast. His name is Jensen Brooksby. Keep an eye on him, Jensen Brooksby. Get that over it. Uh, he's jumped about 200 spots uh, this year from the 300s. Uh, made a 250 final in Newport. He's won three challenges. He qualified for Roland Garros. He dismantled uh, Millman in that uh, quarterfinal. Uh, Demon Orm uh, went out to Steve Johnson. Uh, Alexi Poprin has won one of his last 11 in a bit of a rut going down to Nakashima. He's the other star young American at the moment who's made a couple of finals in recent time. Uh, Kyrgios uh, lost to Mackenzie McDonald, who made the final. Talk about Nick a little bit later on. Duckworth went out first round. And what about the almost punch-up between Jordan Thompson and Elias Yima? Now, I was watching this live. Now, Tomo wears his heart on his sleeve. Now, at the first serve team, we have divided opinions about uh, Tomo. I'm a huge fan. I think he gives his absolute all. If he just had a couple of weapons, he would make life so much easier to win tennis matches. But he's uh, a solid pro inside the top 100 who works extremely hard at his craft. He's uh, super fit. He's got a great IQ. We've had him in commentary last summer on SEN uh, for the Australian Open. He knows his tennis. He knows his way around a tennis court back to front. But sometimes he can let his emotions get the better. But he was convinced that uh, Elias Ema, um had uh, the ball had hit the ground twice when he hit a, a lunging attempt. He was having to come forward after Tomo put in a drop shot. Uh, the chair umpire didn't think that was the case and the two went toe-to-toe and the chair umpire had to get down to separate them and there was, uh, was a fair exchange uh, between those two and Tomo has continued uh, to vent on social media over the last uh, few days that uh, it was pretty bad sportsmanship by Emma who should have conceded the point. That's what Tomo would have done. But he lives to fight another day. Uh, just some other news out of the City Open. Uh, doubles won by Ravan Klassen and Ben McLaughlin. So he's the Japanese player that lives in Queenstown, New Zealand. Half his luck. If I could get to Queenstown, New Zealand right now, uh, get me on the plane uh, somewhere. <laughs> I just need to go somewhere. I think we're all suffering a bit of that. Uh, a young, uh, young fella called Alex Malkin. You're probably thinking, who? Eighth seed, 
Czech Republic challenger. He's a Slovakian. He's jumped 200 spots this year, but he had a massive breakthrough going back a few weeks ago when he made the ATP 250 final in Belgrade. And he played Novak Djokovic in that final. Uh, he was about 260 in the world. It was the biggest week of his life. So it just goes to show you, all you need is one breakthrough and you can take off in the world of tennis. Well, he won the challenger over the weekend. So just keep an eye on his name. Keep an eye on Francisco Serendolo, who's the Argentinian. He's got the younger brother, Juan Manuel, who is four years younger, who's jumped about 200 spots this year. And Francisco's about 10 spots out of the uh, top 100. Uh, he won in Italy the challenger on the weekend. Danielle Collins. Can you remember Danielle Collins? Semi-final run, Australian Open, three years ago. She got to world number 23. She came through the college system over in the US where it's rah, rah, it's it's full on if you've uh, been to watch college tennis. Now, Danielle Collins, I think for me, is the feistiest competitor I've ever seen. Even the Americans today in San Jose on the West Coast, they weren't totally in her corner. And she actually told them at one stage to shut up. Just to pipe down, let me play my tennis. You're making too much noise. That didn't quite get the crowd on her side. She won, though. She's won back-to-back tournaments, two straight titles, 10 consecutive wins, one in Palermo in Italy, backs up in uh, San Jose. Beats Daria Kasekina, uh, the Russian, who's been trying to work her way back the last couple of days. Gee, Silicon Valley's been making a bit of news. Watch that 60 Minutes episode uh, last night. Ooh, fraudster in Silicon Valley. Well, they played this tournament in that part of the world uh, today. And Danielle Collins has put two terrific uh, tournaments together. One I want to mention is Andrea Petkovic. She's one of my favourite players. We interviewed her, I reckon, on SCN about 10 years ago. We're up covering the Brisbane International. One of the most intellectual people she, uh, you could meet. She was starting her own political party in Germany. Had all these interests off court. Loved her tennis, but wasn't one of those tennis nerds, if you like. Uh, day in, day out. She had other things uh, going on, but she got to world number nine. She made a French Open semi-final. She made an Australian Open quarterfinal, US Open quarterfinal. Very different stage of her career now. Uh, 33 years of age. She won in Romania the WTA 250 on the weekend. I want to give a shout out to Sion Mendes. Now, we interviewed her on the first serve about eight weeks ago. So she's an Australian who's actually based overseas. Her younger brother is a potential uh, star footballer. So the family, mum and dad, packed up the two kids and said, we're going to live in Spain because that's where we feel the best opportunities are for you. So we don't really get to see her in Australia, but she had her best run uh, in the last week, making the quarterfinals of a WTA 250. She's on the verge of the top 200. So she is certainly making her mark. And a couple I need to give a shout-out before we go to the break. Tina Nadine-Smith. Now, I don't know a lot about Tina, but one thing we do at the first serve is we follow every Australian player, wherever you are in the ecosystem, from Ash Barty at the top all the way down to players who are ranked uh, beyond a 1,000. It's a pretty deep field in tennis. Now, this young girl, we've been following her, 19 years of age from Queensland. She's played her whole year on clay. She's been to Egypt, France, Switzerland, Greece and Turkey. She won her maiden ITF title, a 15K event. So the prize money's not huge at that level. It's 15K spread across the whole tournament. Uh, ITF junior ranking, she got to 63, but she's won 30 of her 50 matches this year. She's 9-2 and two in her last 11. So she's one we're putting an asterisk next to as she uh, climbs. It's a fair climb. It just goes to show how tough this sport is. So she's 7.49 in the world. It's a long climb, but she started the year... 
just inside the top 1,000. So she's making her mark in the last couple of weeks. And Blake Ellis is a young guy with a lot of potential. 22-year-old Queenslander. He's had a few injuries, uh, but he's jumped back on the tour in the last week. He won the doubles in uh, Tunisia, the third of his career. And let's hope he can get his singles career uh, certainly uh, back intact. So that's a little flip around the world of what has been happening over the last uh, seven days. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat to young uh, Andrew Harris, who is uh, about to embark overseas again, hopefully gets through all the COVID uh, protocols and can relaunch uh, his career after some injuries this year and a bit of surgery as well. And I'll talk to him about his bombers, who were very good yesterday. You're listening to The First Serve. Thanks to B Solar. Of course, uh, if you're worried about those rising electricity bills, just get on to b.solar. Learn more. You can sign up, get there. Newsletter. You don't have to make a decision straight away, but just learn more about solar energy. Uh, Andrew Harris, next. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. This is what real fear is. I've seen a lot of egos in sport. I don't know what it is about pain, but it's appealing. Do you think that's a joke? <laughs> well, that is the voice of Alicia Mollick. She's on SAS Australia. I believe it's starting uh, this week. Check your local guides. Here's an old line. And the Scud is going to be on SAS Australia as well. And uh, we spoke to Alicia just before she took off for Tokyo with the Australian team. There's going to be Bryn... Edelston, she's still Bryn Edelston. Uh, she'll be on the show. He Shaw's going to be on. Yana Pittman, uh, Jessica Paris, Jet Kenny, of course, uh, of Iron Man fame. John Stephenson, uh, certainly not a shy man at all. Kerry Potthast, of course, what a star at the Sydney Olympics. Uh, Mark Philippousis and Alicia Mollick from a tennis perspective. We're going to be watching on SAS Australia. Um, send a couple of the little uh, clips and... No place for the faint-hearted, uh, that is for sure. Uh, we'll get on to what is happening uh, this week uh, very soon. Uh, Canadian swing, uh, big points up for grabs uh, for the men and the women. Montreal and Toronto, they swap each year, the men and the women. Uh, Thousand-point tournaments uh, as we build up to uh, New York. Uh, the Australians uh, at the moment, so Demonor at 17, Milman at 43, Thompson at 63, Popperin at 73, Kyrgios at 80, Duckworth at 85, and the live rankings right now on the men's side. And then we've got O'Connell, Bolt, Polmans, Kokonakis, all between 100 and 200. Uh, Max Purcell is at a great little period uh, who got inside the top 200, so he's around that mark. Alexander Vukic, we had on the show a few weeks ago, plying his trade, trying to get back inside the top 200. Jason Kubler, who I'm a massive fan of, if he can stay injury-free. And our next guest is going to um, get back out on the road after some surgery this year. He's had a few injuries, uh, but it's great to have Andrew Harris on the first serve tonight. Andrew, really appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me. And you're a Bombers man too, Andrew. Yeah, big Bombers mm-hmm. man. Been uh, raised, raised since I was a kid. Well, I called them yesterday and... They were absolutely superb against the Western Bulldogs. The only thing missing was about forty or 50,000, which we're all crying out for uh, for crowds at the footy. But can they sneak into the eight, Andrew, do you think? Um, or you never really know. But, I mean, they've got Gold Coast and then Collingwood the last two rounds. So you'd like to think they'd win those last two and then that should control their destiny. But stranger things have happened. You never you never know what you're going to get sometimes with them. Good to watch, though. Who do you, who do you love watching? Well, we will get on to some tennis, but I'm keen to pick your footy brain. Who do you 
What do you love watching from the Bombers? Their style of footy. I mean, you cannot put your yeah. eyes down. No, I do. I love the way they're playing under uh, Rutten. But um, usually when Andy McGrath's in, I, I love watching the way he goes about it. Yep. Um, Parrish has been an absolute star, star yeah. this year. And then uh, Hind. I just love um, I love the way Hind also goes about it, just how just hardworking and yep. humble he is. Yeah. He's got some X Factor, Nick Hind. Tucks the ball under his arm and uh, his acceleration is superb. Mate, how, how, how are you? And it's it's been a tough, you know, 18 months for, for tennis players. Um when you're playing and when and when you're not playing, because you're used to routine, you're used to being here's the calendar. We sort of know what the schedule's going to be, and it's been far from that. And then throw in some injuries. I know you had some surgery on the hip back in uh, April. You've had a few injuries across the journey. 2019 was a great year where we saw you really emerge and get to around that 150 mark. How are things currently as you get set to jump back out and give it give it, give it another shot? Yeah, no, you're right. It's definitely been a very tough period especially these past few months. Um, so, I, yeah, I had double hip surgery in April. Um, ultimately, to help my back, I was having some hip yeah. issues, but yep. ultimately that was to try and solve these ongoing back issues I've been having. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of just been a real slow process the last few months of sort of gradually building up. Um, you know, I couldn't do anything for a while and then slow rehab and then into some gym stuff and then, like, building up the hitting. So it's been a very uh, frustrating last few months, but... Things are slowly turning. Um, I won't be quite ready to play tournaments um, for the next probably six, seven weeks. But, um, yeah, so I'm heading over to the States on Monday to see my girlfriend and train for a few weeks before yep. competing at the back end of the year. Hopefully there'll be a few challenges on and then I'll have to play some futures anyway because I have to start getting that ranking back up. Yeah, no doubt. So the... the... Uh, situation to get back overseas. How how difficult is that? Just what and what do you have to do to get on a plane? Obviously, there's, there's COVID protocols and everything that sort of goes around that for any of us now who, who uh, decide to travel. Yeah, so I had to get uh, government apply for a government exemption, federal government exemption to yep. leave. So on the grounds of you know international competition. So I got that. That granted me uh, the vaccine. So I got I'm fully vaccinated now, which is nice. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll fly. I'm gonna. Fly, I'm actually flying directly into Cincinnati um, for the for the tournament there because yep. my girlfriend's playing there, and I'll mm. I'll see all the Aussie boys there, and I'll train there um, for the week. Then I'll go to US Open and do the same sort of thing, just train there. Has it been tough, Andrew, just not to be competing and and playing? I mean, tennis is in your blood. You know, your mum, what she achieved. Your sisters also played. I mean. You've been playing tennis uh, when you're a knee high to a grasshopper, and that's been your love. Um, I imagine it's been it's been pretty tough not to be able to do it as regularly as you would like. Yeah, no, you're right. It's been bloody tough. Um, really, really, I think extra tough these last few months. Like mentally, really sort of struggle, struggling with it. But um, obviously, throwing the lockdown as well with it, it you know, um, just a bit of a pile on, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, 2019 was my breakout year, but it coincided with my only full year of health I've had on tour. So I think it's really frustrating knowing that I have a good level and I can do really well if I can stay healthy. It's just that, yeah, I haven't had that continuity that I've been craving for years. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not from not trying. I've been doing everything in my power to try and get healthy and I still am chipping away at it. So yeah, and, the, and, the game, and the game has yeah. just continued to get more physical, hasn't it? I mean, there are just no shortcuts on the physical side. It's a game that is just so relentless and, and demanding. You know, I'm watching that, you know, Sinner and 
uh, McDonald final today that's, um, you know, <laughs> like you, you, he was on fumes, uh, Mackenzie McDonald. He'd had a massive week and, and your ability just to be able to hang in there. And that's where I suppose the work you do, um, you know, helps you in those sort of situations. But have you, have you tried in terms of the physical side? I mean, I imagine you've tried lots of different things to, to get the body right. Can you take us maybe inside that a little bit? Yeah, so obviously, um, yeah, I used to normally do the traditional sort of just lifting or the, you know, the heavyweights, the, all the bike sessions and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it worked to a certain degree. But then the last sort of, since 2019, it's sort of my back was feeling pretty ordinary. It wasn't really working. So I decided to change it up and uh, uh, see a, a, a new guy called Mark McGrath. And yep. he does a training called uh, DNS, which okay. is Dynamic... Uh, neuromuscular stabilization. Yep. It's relatively new sort of form of training, but a lot of the AFL players do it. Uh, Luke Savile does it a lot. He was the one who actually got me into it. Um, and it's sort of non-weight bearing, but um, yeah, it's a really technical sort of training. And I think that's sort of changing the way my movement patterns are and the way my back moves, which I think is what's causing a lot of the harm in my back. So I've been, you know, really digging deep, doing a lot of that and sort of just trying to ultimately change the way my back moves and then, yeah, trying to get healthier than that. Andrew, I just want to run this past you and see what you think. It's a bit of a question without notice, but we have a great listener, Michael Craig. He might be listening in tonight. He lives in Nambour up there on the Sunshine Coast. He listens to us uh, online. He sends me a bit of correspondence uh, here and there. And we often talk about on this show, you know, what is the definition of success in a sport like tennis, where there are so many players ranked, uh, you know, there are you know very good players down in the, the four or five hundreds who can definitely play the game. And maybe they don't have as much attention to detail or maybe they don't have a little bit of X factor. Who knows? There's lots of little factors there. But he said to me just quickly a while back, you were looking for a term that is suitable for professional tennis players other than journeyman. I agree that this term is a little condescending to a lot of professionals. To me, a journeyman is perhaps a player who never really progresses beyond satellites and futures and keeps battling away at that level for a number of years. As for me, I like to refer to anyone on the ATP and perhaps the challenger level as a solid I mean, have you sort of ever given that much thought about just where you sit in the whole system and how you define your own success? Um, yeah, it's a good question. It's obviously everyone's different in terms of what they determine is, you know, if they're successful in the sport, everyone's different. But, yeah, I think it's very harsh when people call, even guys in the top 100 journeymen, yep. and I'm like, would we classify the 100 best soccer player in the world um, or even AFL player, a journeyman, like there's, there's no doubt. Mm. There's, there's no, I mean, there's no chance we would. And then, then tennis, it's a global sport. If you're say 300 of 300 in the world in a global sport like tennis, I mean, that's, that's definitely not a journeyman, but yep. it's sort of pretty common for it to be, you know, called like that way. But um, yeah, I think it also goes back to just the way tennis is structured and like, you know, guys in the challenges, they're just playing in front of no crowds and, there's no much, not much exposure and not many people hear about you. Whereas in other sports, you know, 200 in the world, 300 in the world, you're getting, you're playing on TV, you're playing, you got, you know, fans. I think, I think that's where the sort of negative connotation comes with it. But, and obviously the money, you're not making much money at 200 or 300, but you are in a lot of the other global sports. So it's, yeah, it's a difficult one. And you weren't backward in coming forward last year, and that's great because the players have a you know a big say in tennis. Tennis has an interesting uh, governance structure with the player councils and the ATP, sort of that joint you know players tournaments trying to come together, and then you know you've got an ATP chairman and CEO who uh, I suppose link it all together. But 
I know you voiced a little bit of displeasure about Andrea Gudenzi and just, I suppose, maybe not factoring in the lower tiers, the the, the players outside the, the top echelon, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I was only on one of the um, the big calls with all everyone, so like all the top 100 players and guys in the challenges too. So sort of the first time I've had that sort of um, sort of call with him where yeah. he's been talking to everyone. And yep. yeah, I mean, they're definitely more interested in just what, you know, in the top 100. It's, it's almost as if people outside the top 100 don't exist. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with this PTPA. And I mean, I, I'll be first to admit, I don't know enough about it. Um, the only thing I will say that I do like about it is that it's almost sort of scaring the ATP into forcing ATP's hand in some to some degree mm. of in bringing about change for the good for for the players. So whether or not players are for the PTPA or against it, at least it's um, you know making ATP get on the front foot and do and and do something about it and you know bring forward some change. So I guess that's at least one positive out of it. No doubt. I mean, we could talk about that for uh, for hours and we don't have a lot of time on this show uh, an hour every week. But, you know, I read the Australian names earlier and I don't know if you've drawn much much inspiration, Andrew, from watching the Olympic Games and uh, particularly, you know, the boomers today have been the massive talking point, winning their first ever medal of bronze. And, you know, Brian Gorgian, one of the best interviews you'll hear on this very radio station uh, today, just talking about the culture and talking about you know, the bond of actually, um, you know, all coming together from, you know, predominantly the, the NBA where a lot of our Australians play. And I looked down at Demonor, Millman, Thompson, Popram, you know, Duckworth, down to Chris O'Connell, Alex Bolt, huge talent. Mark Polman's works his backside off. Um, Kokonakis, great talent. Purcell's now getting, you know, some rewards. Uh, Kubler, I mean, he's had so many injuries, but great talent. Vukic, I've watched a fair bit on the stream uh, this year. Do you think there's... Uh, just the, the Australian guys, you know, together, even though you're in an individual sport, you spend a fair bit of time together, whether it's here or on the road. Is, is there sort of that real togetherness to try and really keep elevating up the tennis ecosystem, which is tough? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a huge number of guys that currently actually in the top 100 or on the verge of top 100 that um, could very well make it. I mean, there's no reason why I don't think we could have 15 to 20 guys in the top 100 in the next few years, like if, if everyone sort of pushes on and pushes each other and breaks through. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely that sort of um, aspect of camaraderie because especially during COVID when, you know, all the guys who have had to leave haven't been able to come back to Australia. So they've sort of had to, you know, stick together and help each other out. And obviously I haven't been on the road this year, so I can't, can't speak to them. But, um, but yeah, I noticed when, you know, when I was playing, especially in 2019, you know, I was playing yeah. a lot in Asia and then, you always had, you know, a handful of guys, Aussie guys. And I know while it is an individual sport, you see other Aussie guys do well, you know, you, you see, you can get confidence from that and you want to do better as well. Cause you see him, you want to, you know, you want to outdo him as well, but you also get belief from, you know, into seeing those guys who, um, mm. who they beat. And I definitely, I think if you've got a handful of guys sort of in a similar ranking, you can all push each other along and all sort of, you know, push that top hundred barrier. Well, no, well said, and I, I hope our guys keep rising because there is some uh, genuine talent there. They, they certainly no shortage of competitiveness, that is for sure. I mean, all those guys I mentioned are, are playing games that are decided by the smallest of margins in tiebreakers and, and deep sets. Andrew, all the best as you 
jump back out on the road. We'll follow your progress. Let's keep in touch. Uh, let's see if we can get the Bombers and sneak them into the eight. Because I tell you what, they would uh, make it very interesting with their brand of footy. And and good luck, mate, as you uh, embark on um, getting back on the road. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll catch soon. Andrew Harris, who's uh, another young Australian player with a lot of talent, was on the verge of the top 150 when some injuries set in uh, with us tonight, thanks to uh, Asti, of course. Asti Tennis Courts, aste.com.au, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court service and construction specialist. Back with plenty more on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be back after the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Brett Phillips in the chair tonight. Going to have a chat about uh, Nuke, uh, the John Newcomb story in just a moment. Uh, Canada is where we are this week, of course, Toronto uh, for the men. Nice work by James Duckworth to qualify for the Masters 1000. The Demon will be playing this week. Johnny Millman, uh, Nick Kyrgios will be back. He spoke last week that he might give it away, Nick. Who knows what will happen week to week with uh, Nick Kyrgios. Don't think he's totally in the groove at the moment, but he's over in the US, got his good mate Jack Sock, and he's having a bit of fun. He entertained the crowd for a little bit last week. Couldn't go the journey with... Mackenzie McDonald, though, hasn't really done the work. He's only played 12 matches this year, so there's not really the great expectation on Nick at the moment. And, of course, the other tournaments are being played uh, this week. The girls, as I mentioned, they are in Montreal, where Madison Inglis and Astra Sharma didn't uh, qualify, unfortunately. Uh, Isla Tomjanovic will play in that tournament. No Ash Barty just yet. little break after uh, Tokyo, but... Uh, I would think she'd probably play Cincinnati. I haven't had a look at the entry list uh, for uh, next week, but, yeah, trying to win the US Open, which is not going to be easy. The women's side, always deep, but who knows? Osaka, probably unlikely to get back. Uh, Simona Halep with some uh, injuries, so we'll wait and see what pans out there. Uh, Nuke, uh, the John Newcomb story. It's written, directed and produced by my next guest, uh, Kieran Carroll, and it's going to be... In Melbourne, uh, regional Victorias, and uh, Kieran joins us here on the first serve to tell us all about it on this Monday night. Kieran, great to have you on the show. Hi, Brett. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Now, tell me more about uh, Nuke. Um, I remember about two years ago, uh, Kieran, when I was across at Wimbledon, yeah. uh, John Newcomb rents a house um, right next to the uh, the back of the sort of Orangi t- uh, practice courts there at uh, Wimbledon. He's been renting the same house for 20 years, and I was... Lucky enough, I thought I was going there for a 10-minute interview, interrupted his Wheaties, we ended up speaking for an hour. What a great man he was, so many tales. But tell us about Nuke, the John Newcomb story and how it's come together. Yes, look, I, I, um, I, I had a similar, very enjoyable experience when I, I spoke to him back in um, 2013. And, and this, this project's been going on for uh, quite, quite a number of years and I, uh, I had a great chat with him and um, I'd already sort of begun a very large play about him. And then things went on hold for a little while. And then I developed the, the whole show as, as a one-man show starring Damien Callanan, who us, many of your listeners might know from a, a football play and, and film called The Merger. And he was in a, yeah. another, a cricket film called Backyard Ashes. Yep. And uh, so we, we, we finally got underway in early 2019. And I think the... The trigger for the play is really me being um, seven years old and 
you know, colour television had just sort of come into Australia. New Year's Day, 1975, a boiling hot day, 6,000 people uh, outside Kuyong who couldn't get in to see the match where Nuke was number two in the world and Connors was number one. And that that match where Newcomb just played this sort of incredible fourth set tiebreaker to, to win in four sets, I think really inspired a whole lot of kids. And uh, Pat Cash actually talks about that match as he was 10 at the time as being a real inspiration to wanting to go out and train and play. And so when I was beginning the play, it was that match that was the real kind of trigger and inspiration to um, carry out the work. No doubt. So it's, uh, just take us inside. So set in 2014, Nuke's 70th birthday in Sydney. Yeah. His journey travels yeah. from, uh, what, the 1960s when he was a schoolboy all the way to, uh, what, world number one in the 1970s. Yes. And so I think there's a couple of things. That's right. That The play set it at Nuke's 70th birthday in Sydney in 2014, and uh, we retrace his early life. And I, and I suppose... There are, there are two sides to his career because he, he straddles between, of course, the amateur game of the 60s and then the, the turnover into professionalism. And, and a lot of people probably don't realise that he was very, very prominent even when he was 19. I mean, in 1963, Harry Hopman threw him in to play the Davis Cup final in Adelaide, um, which was a sort of a real trial by fire for him. And then, of course, he won Wimbledon as an amateur in... Um, 67, he beat um, a German sports dealer from Dusseldorf called yes. Wilhelm Bungert. Yes. And uh, the prize in 1967 was a $50 clothing voucher from Harrods. <laughs> and and then, of course, the professionalism comes in in 68, and then you know, he grows the moustache, and he becomes a very sellable commodity. And, um, of course, he has great success in the 70s, winning you know, the US and, and those, those Wimbledons. But the play covers quite a lot of the volatile politics of that transition from the amateur game into the professional game. And it covers some of the race politics that was going on. He was very good friends with Arthur Ashe and he he Mm. sort of dealt directly with, you know, racism towards Arthur Ashe. And then his Wimbledon trials are quite large because he wins in 70 and 71. I mean, the great match against Stan Smith in 71. 72, he's banned because he's part of the WCT troupe and, um, uh, there was money wanting appearance money was put forward for those players and Wimbledon said no so a lot of those players were banned in 72 yep. and then of course 73 uh, barely anyone played and it was the boycott year with um, the ATP demanding change so his Wimbledon career it could have been actually more than the three titles that he got. So tell us when this is on. Where can people see it? How do people get tickets? Uh, tell us uh, what's uh, what's ahead. Yeah. This sounds like uh, so, I, look, I need with, to be front row here. <laughs> you can uh, you can bring a bottle of Cinzano and put on a shark's tooth pendant. Uh, oh. It's starting kicking off with uh, with hopefully with a bit of luck um, on August nineteen at Gasworks Theatre in Albert Park, and you can get tickets through www.gasworks.org.au or give Gasworks a call at, on 86064200. And then we're really looking forward to going out regionally, and we're doing um, Bendigo, Colac, Geelong, and a whole host of smaller towns, you know, uh, RSLs and, and memorial halls as well um, on a big tour. And we were really looking forward to going to Gosford, but um, 
New South Wales isn't a possibility at the moment. Yeah, a little bit uh, difficult. So we'll continue to promote it on our website at thefirstserve.com.au and also our socials as well for people that um, uh, might miss the details. We can listen back to the podcast and jot all the details down of where to log on to. So... Thanks, Brett. I've got to say, uh, Kieran, I'm looking forward to getting along to uh, take a look. In fact, we might. Um, can we give away a couple of passes on the show? That, that would be ab- that would be absolutely fine. It, it's doing three nights at, at Gasworks, the the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. So, um, yes, let, let's let's do that. All right, we'll get that into uh, motion. So, nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first of August, and then going uh, regionally across country, Victoria as well. Kieran, thank you for telling us about it. Look forward to seeing it for myself. We'll uh, give a review here on the first serve and. Uh, well done. Sounds like a hell of a lot of work's gone into it. Thanks a lot, Brett. And uh, don't forget the Aerogard and have a good weekend. <laughs> Carol, uh, the writer, director and producer of Nuke, uh, the John Newcomb story for tennis fans out there uh, at the Gasworks uh, Theatre here in Melbourne, 19th, 20th, 21st of August, will be one worth getting along to have a look at. Uh, we'll come back. A few things to uh, wrap up. Plenty of other little bits of tennis news next on The First Serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve, our last little part of the show for us race through another hour. It's great to have Andrew Harris on earlier. Uh, thank you, Peter, on uh, the text you've sent me. Great man, Pete. Won a couple of prizes on our show last year. Um, you know Andrew's mother? And indeed. I didn't actually mention it with Andrew in the chat, but, of course, his mum is uh, Anne Minter, former Australian Open quarterfinalist, and I had a hit with Anne, actually, many years ago at Melbourne Park. Uh, she did a little bit of commentary uh, with us as well. But, yeah, the jeans, uh, their tennis jeans, Sam, uh, his sister, and uh, hopefully Andrew can uh, certainly uh, get back Plenty of great content up on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. And uh, Roddy Reynolds, one of our great writers, has written a piece today, uh, Dominance in the Open Era. And I don't want to read all of the article, but uh, McEnroe's year in 84, Margaret Court's year in 1970, Novak's uh, 2015 year, 88, Steffi Graf won the Golden Slam, Rod Laver, 1969, over 100, to- uh, over 100 wins and 18 titles, can you believe? The year of uh, Martina Navratilova in 1983 and Roger Federer at his absolute prime in 2006. It's a great piece that has gone up on our website today. So have a look at that. We'd love your own interaction on that through our socials, whether you're following us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. And and leading into the possibility of Novak Djokovic winning the, uh, the calendar slam at the US Open uh, this year. Uh, Daniel Short has also joined our team. Can gold inspire Zverev? Well, he's done a lot right in the last 18 months, uh, Sasha Zverev. The next step is to win a major, which is easier said than done in the uh, the top echelon of men's tennis. But we know Andy Murray, when he won gold in London 2012, he went on to win the US Open in that particular year. And that set him on his way to win three majors across his career. So... Great piece there from Daniel. Have a read of that. And Val Febo has written a piece on our website, the Nick Kyrgios Crossroad. Have a read of that as well because he right now he's definitely at the crossroads. What does he do from here? What's the incentive to keep playing? How much does he want to play? He's not really got the aspiration to climb. His ranking is at 80 in the world now, Nick. He's hardly playing. He's over in the US. 
Is he happy just to entertain for the next uh, five, six, seven years? Or will he just drift off somewhere and do something else? When you're not totally in love with something, um, difficult to keep just sort of going about it week in, week out. So we'll see where that one goes. Good piece. Uh, Michael Craig from Nambour, I read out one of your questions with Andrew Harris earlier. I'd like you to explore on your show the possible rule changes for tennis. I'm very much a traditionalist who hopes that the best of five sets remains in men's Grand Slam tournaments. One rule I'd like to see change is the abolition of the let or net on serve. That electronic let calling machine doesn't seem reliable or trusted by the players or spectators. I don't know how this would work, but in this day and age, I think surely there would be a standard tension that the net is set at by the governing bodies to avoid dead let cords, which would unfairly disadvantage the receiver. Anyway, just a thought, I hate the lets, personally. There are so many where the trajectory of the ball doesn't get affected. Play on, as far as uh, I'm concerned. Michael, thanks for your question. If you've missed the show, check out the podcast. Check out our website, thefirstserve.com.au during the week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Have a great week. Hit them beautifully. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.